those of you, if you're listening to this on any of the podcast outlet replays, thank you so much for taking the time to do that. And let me say welcome. Those of you, the replay viewers, I always love to see your hearts and shares because they do count too. So welcome, welcome. For those of you, um, that are with me each and every Monday through Friday around 8.30 p.m. ish Central Standard Time. Welcome back. I missed y'all. I hope everybody had a wonderful, prosperous, and blessed day. Amen. Glad to see everybody coming back into the building. You know how we do. Sometimes we have to reset. As I talked about last night, sometimes we have to recharge, restart over, and get back into it. So let's get into it tonight. Let's not tarry, right? Or as my grandma say, let's not dilly-dally with this, right? Um... Hey, glad to see you, Mom Waters. Glad to see Oh, look at all my saints coming into the building. I just love it. I love y'all. I really, really do. I know I say it at the end of the broadcast, but I really, really do. That's why I come here to do this. Um throughout the week. It means a lot to me that I get this me these messages relayed out and spend that time with you guys, right? So initially I was going to title this as God's way or the highway, but then I went with obedience. Which way? There's no other way to me, in my opinion, but God's way. So let's get into it. We're going to be, um, you know, I like to frame everything. So I'll be coming out of 2 Samuel 6, 3 through 8, but you also know that repeats itself. For those of you that are into the study and you say, hey, but that's also in first chronicles 13 6 through 12 you are sure right so anywhere you want to park yourselves in either of those books you shall find me that's where i'll be and i'll um, of course the replays will be up for the other scriptures that i like to throw in my receipts as i call them for those that like to go back and um study on your own study to show thyself approved don't just take my word for it go back and be like you know what let me check and make sure torah was saying this right amen so let's talk about it god's way of the highway obedience sometimes we can just be downright unruly right especially when we get comfortable you ever had somebody come and stay with you let's start out with that example and at first they're chipping in oh what can i do hey sarah glad to see you they're like what can i do they're helping tidy up they're helping with the dishes they're pitching in with the groceries they're just putting on their best foot but then as time goes by and they say you know what i need to stay with you a little bit longer you said that's fine that's fine you notice things start to get a little bit more comfortable right uh, a little bit more complacent a little bit more uncomfortable concerned about is helping out as much as they initially helped out right somebody out there know what i'm talking about hey welcome back terry uh hey karen glad to see you also um so getting comfortable now as christians coming at this from the biblical perspective the way i love to come at it um being comfortable, complacent, just unconcerned. We tend to forget just because we don't have a care in the world, the enemy is still warring out there. The enemy is still busy. Even when we think it's time to sit back, get comfortable and relax, that's the time when we really need to be on all points. We need to be obedient. We can't get complacent, such as, well, we go to church on Sunday, we pray on church on Sunday, we read the Bible on Sunday, and then we put it down, and we don't pick it up again. We don't try and minister any, to anybody throughout the week. We, we don't pray throughout the week unless there's a crisis. Now, when there's a crisis, we're going to start praying. Amen. Um, but just getting in that routine, getting complacent, you know, and then sometimes to the point where you're like, now, where did I throw my Bible down at? You haven't picked it up in so long. You don't even know where it's at now. And you're looking, well, I, I don't know. I guess I just have to go without one. But you, the, the devil in his army is 
is constantly working so we can't get comfortable and you may be saying well Tor where you going with this tonight how are you going to tie this in with obedience just stick with me and as always I'm going to show you I'm going somewhere with this watch me now so the devil in his arm is constantly working right and many people are content the way they are. And a part of this, um, you know, message tonight is just watching the contentment of people, especially people that say, oh, I'm Christian. You know, I, I'm, I'm all about God. Every, uh -uh, I'm about living godly. I'm about living holy. Well, you seem to be just a little bit too content with me. So I'm going to talk about this thing, right? Y'all know I love to do that. Um, and when I say, Holy Spirit, give me a topic. Now, sometimes he'll drop a topic on me and I'll be like, you want me to talk about that? And at first, I mean, well, you know what? Who better than me? So let's get off into it, right? So uh, people get comfortable with routines, you know, your form of godliness, the careless unawareness of what's really going on. Help us to not be lazy, Lord. Come on now. And let's look here. I want to put in Psalms 11 and 2. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. Basically, that frames around saying, even though you're comfortable, they over there sharpening up. They loading up their arrows to shoot those darts. The enemy is ready to go while we just sitting back relaxed, watching all the ungodliness go on, all the unholiness. We watching all of the craziness that's going on with inside the church building, that's going on inside the church itself, the body of Christ, the Ecclesia, you know, it's all just infested. Everybody has become complacent. A little bit, not, let me take that back, not everybody. A lot of people have become complacent, comfortable, and just, hmm, it's okay. You know, uh, it's okay. Whatever you want to do is fine by me. But however, that's not in obedience with God's way. And I'm going to prove it as we get into the. I'm going to show you here. Right? And, and so you have to ask yourself, well, Tor, what causes people to forsake the rules and do what they want to do? What causes people to get lazy and decide, you know what? I'm just going to do this my way, right? And I remember as a kid when I would decide, you know what? I know my grandma said do it this way, but I think I'm going to try and do it my way, right? And I would always, it never worked out in my favor when I tried to do it my way instead of the way that she asked me to do it. And she would always say, you're getting a little bit too big for your britches. Anybody else out there heard? that old saying she'd be like you getting a little bit too big for your britches and nine times out of ten I got in a lot a lot of trouble you know so but when we get comfortable we get relaxed we tend to try and start testing the waters and see what we can get away with right at work when we start on the job we're putting our best foot forward and we're just hey do you need me to stay late do you need me to do this but the more comfortable the more acclimated you get in that situation things can tend to slack off a little bit sometimes right you're not putting it uh you haven't heard that in a long time sarah she's my grandma would say that all the time you're getting a little bit too big for your britches now i'm gonna have to tighten them up for your tour straighten up fly right um 
But yeah, uh, yeah, when you when you start getting comfortable on the job, you know, you're not putting it as far. Just say if you've been there like me, I've been on mine now for going on almost 13 years. So I'm pretty comfortable. But I have to be mindful and say, hey, just because you've been here this long doesn't mean that you get away with anything more than the person that started last month, than the person that started yesterday. Sometimes we try and take on that entitlement because of a title or our time longevity. You know what I'm saying? So we can't get comfortable that way. We still have to remain obedient. Welcome to everybody that's coming in. And as I was talking about how those people that come and stay, or they, they pop in and the more and more they get comfortable and the relationship starts to develop a little bit more, you really get to see, like they say after a while, a person can only hold a facade for so long. Eventually they're going to get comfortable and they're going to slip up. And the stripes going to start to show, right? Or the wolf fangs. Something's going to start to show because you can only hold it for so long. Amen? Somebody know what I'm talking about. So let's take this to the biblical point of what happens when when you get comfortable. We're going to use David tonight. Let's look at 2 Samuel 6. And I'm going to read through this real quick. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. Y'all know this story. Y'all know this. You know where we're going with this, right? So they set the ark of God on a new cart. And as I like to say, ooh, to the wee, wee, wee. Y'all know that was, that was a problem. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ao, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. Now y'all know, mm-mm-mm. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ao went before the ark. Then David and all of the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments, of fir wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, sistrums, and on cymbals. They was just celebrating and having a good old time. They had the ark loaded up and they was just celebrating on behalf of God. Just really, just really, I can just see them with the tambourines and the cymbals and they just praising. We got the ark. We got the ark. Yes, yes. Now, now, come on to six. And when they came to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. That's why I'm going to stop it at, right there at seven. But then because we know eight, and in eight, David becomes angry at the Lord's outbreak. He like, God, did you have to kill him? Why did you just kill him? Because, you know, that's what happened. He, he, he reached his hand out. You know, the, 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 he thought the ark was going to take a fall. And he reached his hand out to stop it, you know. And like, hey. And God was like, mm-mm. That's the last straw. And in this study, in the initial portion of it, I had to ask myself and say, well, when they were loading it onto the cart, why 
did that not happen? So I say, you know, maybe God said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try and have a little mercy on them. Maybe they, they just not thinking right now. That's what I come to. I'm not saying that's what happened. You know, that that's tornado in certain there saying, God saying, you know what, I'm going to show them a little bit of grace and mercy right now. But as they were going on with this plan, which was not in accordance with God's way, come on now, Mel, God said, don't touch it. He, he, and he reached out and he touched it. Boom. Mm-hmm. Just like the two that tried to go up. What was the two? Uh, the couple. And they just dropped dead right there, you know. And the same feet that took the husband came and took the wife, you know. And, th and in this instance, I'm quite sure had people had to be looking like, man, bro, hey, somebody check him. Is he? Yeah, I think he gone. Yeah, he gone. God done got him, you know. So, and just when you picture, when you put yourself into these stories and frame your mind around these, you can't help but be like, man, God, when he said his way, that's the way to do it. But sometimes we want to do it our way. And so in this case, let's break it down here. David wanted to bring the ark to Jerusalem. So they took it and put it on a new cart. If you're familiar with this part, it was not to be on a cart. The holy thing, the things considered holy were to be carried upon the shoulders. So therein, an, uh, another mistake. They decide, we're going to put this on a cart. This, you know, I'm quite sure it was probably kind of heaven. They was like, we're not going to carry this. This way we can do our tambourine symbols and we can celebrate as we going, you know, down the road because we got the ark and we moving it back, uh, back here, right? But that was not how God had commanded for that ark to be transported, right? So so then we also have to look at uh, here. It was just out of order. How you've heard me say, say before, you're just out of order. That's not how any of this works. So when God got angered at it, he was probably looking like, I know they're not. That is not how any of this works, you know? And so I kind of had to chuckle at that part as I was going through this study, right? And when things are out of order, even though we think we're doing it the right way because that's the way we think it should be done, when it's out of God's order, he is not pleased. Therefore, he took him out. Even though he thought he was doing the right thing by trying to help to reach up and push it back up, it was still out of order. Let's move it on through here right there are a lot of times what we consider praising you know and worshiping but it's out of order it is not in accordance with god's way it's not in accord it's out of order and, and so you I, I have to ask myself man what if he god decided to come with that same type uh, of vengeance you know when you do something next thing you know man just drop dead Oh, man, they gone. You know, think about that. And even though you say, well, you, and you can't even say that can't happen today. Because if it's his will, then it's going to be his way, right? A lot of the incidents that you see on the news, a lot of the things that you see happening, I can't help but ask and say, man, is this his way of biblical times of just making people fade out and be like, man, you know, he had to do what he had to do and come back whether we liked it or not, right? 
So the thing is that Uzzah didn't recognize that God wasn't pleased and with him thinking that the ark was going to fall and take hold of it. Now, if you back this up and look at this, uh, and, and not to get too deep off into it, because I say, make sure um, this is another good one to do your study around, right? Because 20 years prior to that, um, that ark went in Abinadab's house, right? So it was there with him and his three sons. Uh, I, I don't want to mess up this name here. Eleazar, um, Ao, and Uzzah, right? So the three boys grew up around the ark. They were seeing it. They became comfortable around it. So you can't help but wonder as you read through that, was he so comfortable to say, you know what? I got this. He had the zeal and the gall to say, I I'm just going to push this back up and just reacting and not think, you know how a lot of the times we make this reactive decisions without thinking and saying, wait a minute, is this God's way? Is this God's will? We just go ahead and do. And so in this case, you can't help but to, but to, you know, wonder that because they had become so accustomed to seeing the ark of God and being around it the same way we're accustomed to the things of, of this world. Our flesh becomes accustomed to it, right? We get comfortable around it. We get complacent, but we forget a lot of most of these things, 99.9% of the things of the world are not God's way. And, but we become, you know, it, well, you know what? Everybody else is doing it. Well, it's okay to do it this one time. No, 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 no. What seems right to us is not necessarily God's will and God's way. If we look at Proverbs 14 and 12, there is a way which seemeth right unto man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. He proved that right there in Second Samuel. If you're following along in six through three, uh, three through eight, there is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's a powerful piece of scripture to sit and vegetate on. How I like to tell some people, you know what? I'm going to call you back. I'm going to give you time to vegetate on that. I'm going to let you think about that. And uh, as Mel says, a little something to ponder. There's a way which seemeth right unto man. It seems right to us. But the end thereof are the ways of death. So just think about that. Just think about that. And keeping also in mind, going back to the ark, right? It was one of the holy objects. And, and let's go back here. Let's take it all the way back to Numbers. God had made it clear to the Israelites during the time of Moses that they were not to touch the holy objects associated with the tabernacle. If you want to research on that, it's in Numbers 4, 4 through 6, and also Numbers um, 4 and 15 through 20. They were not to touch the holy objects. So just because what they say, ignorance of the law is no exception. So just because we haven't researched enough, we haven't become verse enough. That's no excuse to say, well, it's okay. Nope. If it's not God's way. And that's where studying and learning the word and knowing for yourself 
comes in because then you know going fully into it not just skimming through and saying well you know what these couple of chapters i'll be good if i just follow these couple of chapters you know what well it's 66 books total and i'm telling y'all for those that take on the charge this ain't no cakewalk when, when you say that i'm ready to give my life to god i'm ready to turn it around i'm ready to be obedient oh to the wee 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 it's, it, it is truly a renewing of the mind. It's constantly reminding and, rene- and remember and saying, wait a minute. Mm-mm. Now that's the old way I would have done it. But what's God's way? Let me take myself out of this. What is God's way that I need to be doing this? That's what we have to remember, right? So with that violation of the command, and num- if we look at number seven through nine, which directed them to not carry the holy objects on their shoulders. Uzzah died in his comfort. He died in his own comfort. And like again, I say, uh, what they say, ignorance of the law is no exception. Just because you did not know doesn't mean you're not still going to be penalized for that crime here in this society, right? So uh, we have to look. Now let's go a little bit further here. When we when we get comfortable. What happens? We start to see people getting desperate, right? It takes diligence and submission. Not just, as I said last night, 99 and a half won't do. It's all in. It's all or nothing, right? It's the only way to do this completely. And I believe I saw my sister Joan come in. Welcome. Glad to see you, right? So getting comfortable, Nowadays, looking at how comfortable people seem to have become, you're seeing the desperation, uh, the deplorable acts, the despicable acts, right? Uh, the deprived conditions. Um, it's like humanity is just going down minute by minute, right? Now, what should that do? If we aren't complacent, if we aren't comfortable, when we look around and see that, those things should be motivating us that say, hey, I am a Christian. Those are the things that should be motivating us to take action and saying, okay, what does God's way say? What should I be doing in this situation instead of sitting back judging and complaining and pointing the finger and trying to assign everybody else to this, right? Thing is seeing everything and like normally I don't turn on the news, but tonight before this lesson, I purposely turned it on. I said, okay, I'm going to try and sit through 15 minutes. I'm really going to try and sit through 15 minutes of this just for the purposes, just to see, just to make sure, you know, to kind of be like, wait a minute, let me get a little extra receipt here. So as I'm watching the first story, you know, 70 some year old lady stabbed, um, she's vol. 77-year-old lady volunteering at the um, Alcoholics Anonymous building. Somebody decides to go in and stab her. Another person around here in Houston decides to expose themselves with children around the block. The, uh, the homeowner looked outside of their home, and as he's sitting on his bike exposing himself to young children, the homeowner fires out the door. So the only thing left there for the news story was, you know, the, the bike laying there on the sidewalk because, of course, they had to take the, the perp, you know, to the 
hospital or whatnot. I don't know if he lived or died. But you know, and then what? Uh, what was the next door? I can't even remember what the next door was because I believe them too. After I made it through them too, um, I was like, okay, I can't take it. No, it was a story that came on about Amazon, which wasn't that bad. So, but the first two, it was like bam, bam, and I'm like, see, this is what I'm talking about. People at a, a, a just at a complacent crazy state and i turned the tv off at that point and came back to start uh finishing up and preparing to come on but that's what's going on and when we become comfortable and neglect that responsibility of what we're supposed to do we miss god's plan we're not carrying out and doing his way and that thing is the opportunity of building his kingdom right and when i say god's way kingdom building not going out getting the money to build another brick church building building the body kingdom building we're looking for souls here we're looking to get people to say you know what i'm looking for that eternal end that's what i want a part of that's what we're trying to build we're not trying to build another building lord knows we got enough buildings going out there my gosh my gosh and all of them seem to be on a different accord it just seems to me from what i'm seeing but this is our do part of our duty part of our charge without exception it's part of god's way it can't be neglected right building his kingdom bringing those souls to salvation uh, getting them to know jesus christ right not another a uh, uh, building that's full of complacent dead lazy lifeless souls when you bring them in you need to get to show them and say this is what we need to be doing i don't need you just to sit here and look pretty um on my membership count. I don't need you just to sit here and make my pews look pretty. But nowadays, it ain't even the pews. They've gotten so large, it's like going to a football game, going to church. You're getting in stadium, hard stadium seating because you got to have so many seats in there to fit people. And when I hear, I'm like, 40,000, 50,000. And I was having a conversation with somebody and I said, you remember back in the day when the pastor, would, uh, he would go through the back and he would come out the front and he would shake the hand of the people as they was leaving. I said, well, you know what, pastor, maybe you should stand out there and try and shake in the 40,000, the 50,000, the 60,000 hands of all those members. The same way you shake them wallets down and shake them purses down for the offering, go out there, shake the people hand make sure you got living souls that are working towards building the kingdom make sure they got fed with what you gave them from the pulpit amen somebody out there know what i'm talking about whether you want to say amen or, 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 or yeah you, you own it or not but somebody know what i'm talking about right a bunch of lifeless people it's like a child if when a child is born into the world if you don't feed that child with either some for if the mother isn't either breastfeeding that child or giving that child some sort of of Similac, some sort of, I don't know what they have now, I don't even know if Similac is still in existence, but some form of nutrients, they die. So when we bring people in, and, and, and as we're trying to build up the numbers, we want to make sure we're readying them also for kingdom building. It's not about our count to say, well, this week, I saved, th I brought 326 people to, um, to know Christ. Okay, well, you brought them in, the work is not done. If, you know, they say seed plant, what is it, what, what is it, male, um, 
wonder plant uh wonder soul wonder plant um male know what i'm talking about she'll have to put it up there and help me out here because <laughs> i got so much going in my mind right now but you know if you aren't the, if you've went out and done that then you make sure don't just send them out say hey get them pass them off to the next person right everybody's working in accord towards the kingdom building getting them ready to go out and start doing that same type of work figuring out what their gift is right one to plant figuring out what their gift is where do they fit into the body one to plant one to water uh and, and getting them ready not just sitting them up there and having them lifeless and not moving right you know what i'm talking about hey miriam glad to see you so let's look here luke 14 23 the lord said unto the servant go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled compel them to come in that my house may be filled just watching everything going on across social media with a lot of these different buildings people are like i don't want anything to do with the church and that's not how any of this is supposed to work that is not in accordance with god's way you got people going this way that way and just a bunch of confusion one plant one waters and god gives the increase that's where i'm going so once if you if you've planted and you're saying okay I've done my part in planning. Now I need somebody else to help water uh, and get this person ready to move on forward and to keep growing, not to become stale. That's how this is supposed to work because we're working using God's way going towards that eternal priority, right? What's that saying? I, I hear a lot of people say it. Uh, they use it a lot when i was in network marketing if, if you want to get comfortable you got to get uncomfortable they used to use that all the time in one of the organizations that i was in right and you may be saying well you know i don't know how to approach people i don't know how to talk to people there's many ways there are many spiritual gifts that you can use towards kingdom building it's about just not getting comfortable complacent and saying you know what it's enough people out there already doing it i can just sit back and let them handle it no 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 that's not how any of this works it's just not if we look at mark 16 and 15 his way says go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature Isaiah 32 and 11 says, Tremble, ye women that are at ease. Be troubled, ye careless one. Now you think about that. One of the words that stood out to me was, ye women that are at ease. In the military, if you've seen military movements, when they say, at ease they go from being on guard on point to relaxing right so the scripture saying tremble ye women that are at ease be troubled ye careless ones that's saying you you need to be trembling you, if you're at ease and you relax that's not how any of this works right lethargy complacency mediocrity mediocrity stir yourselves with the things of god right the same way it's so easy to go out and stir up a bunch of drama stir up a bunch of trouble uh, uh stir the things of god that's what we need to be doing stirring and, and getting the souls to work towards eternal priority right 
and begin and we sometimes have to sit back and say okay where have I gotten comfortable in my life what have I gotten a little too relaxed with you know and if a lot of the times yes unprepared at ease exactly and, and sometimes pride gets us to when we say well I've done all I know to do Instead of saying, okay, let me see who I can spiritually pair with that can push me to the next level. What organization can I spiritually involve myself in? See what they're doing. What can they give me? Because, uh, what did I say last night? When it's got, um... When we're working with God's will, he'll always provide us a way. You know, Every time. So we can't sit back and say, well... I've done just about all I can do. Mm -mm, that's not how any of this works. And I put a side note down here. Uh, an effective church, and I'm talking about both forms of the church. An effective church is one that poses a real threat to the enemy. If you in a church, or if you as the church body, as part of the ecclesia, if your life is trouble and problem free, you need to refer back to Isaiah 32 and 11. Tremble, ye women that are at ease, because that means you at ease. Something is missing. If there's nothing wrong, because we know the enemy comes, the more that he sees you doing, the more that he sees you out there working, the more that he sees you kingdom building, the more troubles you're going to have. What do people like to say? New levels, new devils. Well, hey, I say it's one um, at every level and the devil ain't got nothing new. We just have to always remember that he's lurking and we have to always be ready on point and not at ease, right? So even though he had all the right intentions to try and do the right thing you know and believing that his heart was in the right place when he reached up to try and assist God and that part also reminds me of the movie what's the movie what's love got to do with it and she said you know I'm just trying to help Ike and, she, and he said Ike you trying to help Ike I don't need no help, you know, so when, when he reached up a lot of the time we we're like well you know what I'm trying to help God God don't need our help mm-mm not at all. And he proved that from this scripture. He, it, hey, I don't need your help. I wasn't going to let it fall. You shouldn't have reached out to touch. You shouldn't have touched it. Follow the rules. Do it God's way. Come on now. Um, so then here, if we look at uh, real quick, Second uh, Thessalonians 2, 14 and 15. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or epistle, whether by word or epistle. Hold the traditions, stand fast, which breaks down to simply being obedient, doing it which way? God's way. It's either God's way or the highway. And we're trying to get to that end highway, that eternal highway, right? That's the highway that we walk in trying to get down but you know uh we get presumptuous sometimes and you know what they say about when we start assuming when we start um making presumptions if we look at proverbs 16 and 20 those who listen to instruction will prosper those who trust the lord will be joyful and then uh the the nlt version i like the way it put it also those who listen to instruction actually no i didn't i didn't pull that one 
I thought I did. Um, but so that's the King James uh, 16 and 20. Those who listen to the instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful knowing that, okay, even though my flesh is wanting me to do it this way, even though I'm thinking, I, maybe if I just alter it just a little bit, but then remembering those who listen to instruction will prosper doing it god's way is the only way and one of my favorite passages that i put down it comes from um if you're familiar with um in touch living dr charles stanley one of the most soft-spoken men i love listening to him um dr charles stanley he said he defines obedience as this obedience is doing what god says when he says it how he says it for whatever reason he says it there's no room for passivity when it comes to obeying the father this level of commitment requires an active choice what will you choose today just like sarah says it takes will and submission and I, that's why i love that passage from dr charles stanley obedience is doing what god says when he says it how he says it and for whatever reason he says it and there's just no room for passivity when it comes to obeying and doing what God wants us to do, right? And so I look here, uh, I want to go through this real quick before I close this out. I pulled up Matthew 25, starting at 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another. As shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And so as I always pose a question, where will your obedience land you? Which way will you go? Will you go to the right or will you go to the left? Because there's only one way. And as the scripture says, nobody comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way. And that way consists of doing it God's way. Whether we like what the word says or not. Whether we like how the word makes us feel. Sometimes it doesn't make us feel nice and fluffy. Sometimes it doesn't make us happy. Sometimes it doesn't make us cheery. But it's God's way and in the long run when we sit back and he starts dividing the flock and saying left right left well actually this is my left left right left right which way will you be sent which way will your obedience get you these days disobedience is landing people you know in prison for long term they are really throwing the book now you can do something minor or well I like to call it a minor offense. Either way, is breaking the rules, but it's getting people life, long 25, 30 years, you know, long stints of time. And, and, and so if you think, man, that eternity, that long time, long time. And if you read on down Matthew 25, there's a portion here that just when I read that portion, I'm like, man, I got to be obedient. And as submissive as I can be. Because, well, where's that portion here? 
Where's it at? Um, I should have highlighted it here. Oh, where's it at? Then he shall say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Oh, wait. That's some sin. Prepared for the devil and his angels. Those on the right hand. Back and back up to 34. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, you gave me meat. Instead of passing that homeless person, and when you see a puddle speeding up so you can splash them with water and laugh at them, or you can walk by them and video them, you know, because their feet may be hanging out of their shoes, the bottom of their feet may be the same color as the pavement, and you video that and or take pictures and make memes of that and put it across social media. But the Father says, For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Instead of you look at somebody and you see they're thirsty and you stand there and pour a bottle of water out on the ground as opposed to giving your brother something to drink. The father saying, you're doing it to me. And what you're not doing to your brothers, you're also not doing it unto me. So these are things that we have to keep in mind when we're looking at God's way, when we're looking ahead at the eternal priorities, right? Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's deep right there. Naked and ye clothed me. I was sick and ye visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when we saw thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave them drink. When we saw thee a stranger, or took thee in, or naked and clothed thee, or when we saw thee sick or in prison and came unto thee, and the king shall answer and say, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. And the thing about it that I also thought as I get ready to close this out, the ones that don't do it quite right, he still gives grace and mercy on this earth and says, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you another chance. He ain't dropping people dead, um, you know, the way he did Uzzah when he reached out. But then again, he may be. We don't know because uh, it's a lot of mysterious things happening. Folks fine one minute, and then the next thing, what, how did they come? They was just fine yesterday when I saw them. We don't know what people have done. We don't know what's been done in the dark that we may not see, you know, from our light, from our perspective. So we never know what God's way and God's will is. But again, I close with the question is when he starts dividing, which side will your obedience get you sent to? Uh, as, as your girls, for some of y'all, likes to say to the left, to the left or to the right. 
I'm trying to get to the right. I want to be over there looking like, oh, I'm over here. And I see, oh, I see Sarah come. Oh, Sarah come. Okay. And then he said to the right. You know how you get excited in school and everybody be lined up and you be on one team. And then you see your friend come up and it be time to pick and be like, oh, I hope they get on my team. And their name get called and they get sent over to your side and you be clapping. And then you see that person, you really wanted them on your team, but the other side would pick them and they get sent over and you be like, oh, man. Think about that from the end perspective. It may not be that friend. It may be me. It may be you. And he said, mm-mm. And you're like, man, I thought I did everything that I was supposed to do. Again, that's where that comes in, studying and showing thyself approved. That's my word for tonight. I mean, leave you with a little something to ponder. Uh, as Mel says, a little something to think about tonight when you lay down and say, man, mm, if the roll call come right now, if the trumpet sound, if we start seeing that those are asleep in the Lord start rising up, man, which way am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Oh boy. Sleep on that. Think on that. All right. Until tomorrow night, walk good, do good, be good. Tornado, I'm out of here. I got some more kingdom building to work on. What y'all gonna work on, all right? I love y'all. Until next time, be good now. Be purposeful, be intentional, and do it God's way. Because why? It's the only way. You all know the Torah. 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 Torah.